Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Quietly humming through the cosmos, Ultron makes his way to Earth. This time, he has the perfect plan for world domination, and this time he will see it through. Meanwhile, on the other side of the cosmos, Brainiac makes his way to Earth with his own perfect plan in tow. They both arrive simultaneously and take each other in visually. Let me guess, Ultron says, you're also here with the perfect plan to conquer Earth. Yes, Brainiac replies. Ultron continues, is it the one with the nanobots in the fast food? Of course. Ultron and Brainiac both realize in this moment that there cannot be two robotic overlords. And so before world domination happens, one will have to beat the other first. It's the Crimson Cowl versus the Terror of Kandor. It's the Allfather versus the Collector of Worlds. It's Ultron versus Brainiac today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey. As always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. 
It's our third matchup, by the way, in Showdown September, where we go over a battle that has already been strongly debated in the world of geek culture, but has never come to a strong conclusion. In one corner, you have Brainiac, the techno villain who is considered to be one of the greatest threats to the DC Universe versus Ultron, Marvel's murderous AI who threatens both the Avengers and the entirety of the planet Earth. Look, of course, it did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. Look, we already know how many times, but wow, oh wow, I really think Ultron versus Brainiac started the whole crossover universe battles uh, way back in the day, probably back in the 60s. This is one of the granddaddies of them all, and we're debating this today. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm always fired up for Showdown September. I'm excited for matchups that have been talked over to death because I know on the Who Would Win show that we are going to bring a different spin on everything. We're going to be talking and making different points that anybody else out there is going to make. And I also know, quite frankly, that I'm going to win. Interesting that you say that. Okay, Legion of Audience, uh, you may have witnessed this last week in the Plastic Man versus Reed Richards, what I call it, fiasco. The vast majority of you made it very well known. You did not like what the judge... Vast majority? Amazing, by the way, Joey Cliff there actually came to... There was some cherry-picking. There was no cherry-picking. There was Ray kind of saying one thing that was out of character, Joey Cliff going like, well, I guess if Ray's saying it, I should go by what he's... Look, here's the deal, Ray. This is something that was very, very familiar to me. You did this before on Superman versus Goku, where you said Goku had uh, the ability to uh, use telepathy to read Superman's mind and then probe his mind and discover Kryptonite's weakness, then teleport to Kryptonite and then bring it to the battle in under two minutes to get the... And of course, our judge was really cool and said, well, I don't know the character of Goku, so I'll trust what Ray is saying, even though he clearly misrepresented in Muppets versus Sesame Street you got the win by saying well Elmo would act as a suicide bomber in his UFO spaceship to take out a bunch of them that is not in Elmo's character Jay, wait a minute and didn't you sudden, argue that Ernie was a mafia boss in that same battle what are we even talking about anymore that was in the first time we did it and oh, the okay. second one so it's only the okay when one, James does it ladies and gentlemen and this is what I'm talking about. See, yeah. Ray, your behavior over the years, you know, it's been kind of like this underlying thing. It reminds me of kind of like, you know, what Yoda and the Jedi Temple, everyone there was thinking like there's a dark force or something to serve. We don't know what it is. It's lying in the shadows. And all of a sudden I realized, Ray, you remind me of someone who does the same thing you do. You take these beloved characters, characters we love, and then you change you know, everything about them and make them do things that would never be in their character. And then you get angry at people who question it and say, no, I said it, therefore you have to love it. Race to Canis, I got to say it, you are the Kathleen Kennedy of who would win. I mean, I think that's fantastic. Kathleen Kennedy has, of course, had a lot of success. She's taken Star Wars to new heights. If it wasn't for Kathleen Kennedy in the last three movies, and, you know, people feel what they feel about whatever. Uh, when you talk about nerd culture, there's always going to be irrational rage that spins here and spins there. I, for one, think Rise of the Skywalker is a movie that gets dumped on a whole heck of a lot that is an excellent version of Star Wars. I've argued successfully, might I add, that there is more Star Wars in episode nine than there is in any other Star Wars movie. If you want your Star Wars filled to the brim, you'll watch episode nine because you're getting great fights. You're getting great locations. You're getting spaceship battles. You're getting everything that makes Star Wars great. And Kathleen Kennedy's at the center of that. Much like on the Who Would Win show, I'm here to win. I don't know why you're here, James, hearing your arguments when we're talking about, you know, Superman versus Goku and you spend half of an entire point talking about a guy you trained MMA with and nobody at home knows what you're talking about. I don't know that you are here to win.
Ray, as usual, I don't listen to anything you have to say. But more importantly, what I'm going to do now is kind of implement a new kind of side rule for the Who Would Win show. It's called the Kathleen Kennedy Clause. If Ray, and Ray, feel free to call us on me, if you feel the characters going outside of what they would normally do, and especially the judge kind of giving this kind of weird decision based off something you're saying that is absolutely false for the character, I'm going to call out the Kathleen Kennedy Clause and say, nope, that's not what the character does. The character would never do that. The character is not throwing away a lightsaber and drinking blue milk and, and making fun of the force. That's not what the character does. Therefore, what you just said is absolutely inadmissible because you know why? That's what geek culture loves. That's why people listen to the show because they want to see characters win or lose be represented properly. Now, now James, speaking, I've been doing that for five seasons. Where have you been? I mean, here's the thing, Ray. You, you, you've actually, I, I got to agree with you 100%. You've been misrepresenting characters for about five seasons. I'm so glad we're on the same page. And that comes to an end today. Now, speaking of people who will never mischaracterize a person or a character, I should say, because they understand what people want and how to prepare for what people want, it's time to introduce our judge. Coming back for another appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's the director of Bloodsucking Bastards, now available on Amazon Prime. It's the voice of Giant Tick from Helden. It's, of course, Brian James O'Connell. Brian James O'Connell, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hello. How are you? I am Brian James O'Connell, and I'm very excited to be back here for my third time. I feel so blessed. I feel like I'm on the I'm on the back half of making it to the Five Timers Club. I, I uh, Guys, I'm just so humbled, honored, and flattered all the way. You know, the, the honors is ours, really. Look, before we get into the show, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you've been up to. Ooh, well, like all people, uh, all the stuff I was working on immediately got put to a halt because of the uh, combo strike, but that's fine. I'm for that. We are we are fighting for our lives. I think this is a very interesting uh, battle to have tonight, considering that one of our big issues and uh, big concerns is uh, artificial intelligence, AI. Um, I believe that AI is plagiarism that will destroy all of us, not just not just film and television writers and actors. I mean humanity i don't know how many jurassic park movies we have to make i don't know how many times you can have both of these gentlemen both brainiac and ultron say the stuff that they say before we listen to them there's no subtext it's all text so i'm very i'm very excited to weigh in on uh their arguments and you may have mentioned before I am familiar with the characters, to be certain, but to be perfectly honest, I don't have a wealth of minutia uh, in my back pocket for the in-canon reasonings for them. So uh, tonight is only going to be about the strength of the arguments and the veracity of the facts. Because of what you just said, I am feeling so confident that today's show, regardless of what happens, will be judged properly. And that's something we've been needing for quite some time. With all that being said, let's just get down to it and get to the show. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. I'll tell you if the show was judged properly when it's over. Representing Marvel Comics, the robot so sophisticated that when you tell him to go to 10, he ends up two miles north of Eminem. Ultron and representing DC Comics the scariest green monstrosity since boiled Brussels sprouts Brainiac it does sound gross not gonna lie that does sound gross my mom always made them and that's why I grew up not liking them it's fair 
You couldn't even add bacon to that and make it good. Oh, that That's definitely how... did not happen in our household. Yeah, neither of mine. All right, well done. Right now, before we go any further, let's go over this rules of a who would win match. Rule number one, each debate will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay, right, listen, there's some great versions of Ultron kicking around. What version are you using today? I know you're using the comic book version, so I'm going to have to do the same. Who are we kidding? This is Showdown September. You know what? Finally, we agree. You got to bring out the big guns for Showdown September. I'm absolutely using the current uh, Brainiac from uh, you know DC Comics. Very oh, cool. New 52. I... Excellent. <laughs> Thank God. I will explain how Brainiac is one of my favorites because he helped destroy the New 52. What a great guy. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debaters, remember the judge decides, is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established law. Logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you download and listen to podcasts. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Ultron. Ultron is an AI-turned-enemy-to-humanity that first appeared in the Avengers number 54 and 55 back in 1968, and he was created by Roy Thomas and John Buscema. Originally existing as an AI prototype designed by Hank Pym, yes, Ant-Man, Ultron evolved and threw away his shackles, ultimately brainwashing Hank into forgetting that he even created him. Now, Ultron is a robotic hive mind always looking to upgrade. And as such, he creates hundreds of clones of himself that are always ready for battle. 
and he can pass his consciousness into any one of those clones with a mere thought. He is an eternal threat to the Avengers because ultimately he can never truly be beaten. He will always upgrade and return. Fun fact, typically when casting a big role like the main villain in the second Avengers movie, there's a list of actors who were considered to play these iconic characters, right? In the case of Ultron and the MCU, the list goes as such. James Spader, end of list. Yes, that's right. Josh Whedon in an interview said that James Spader was the first and only actor considered for the role of Ultron, saying he's got that hypnotic voice that can be eerily calm and compelling, but he can be very human and humorous at the same time. Ultron is not 2001's Hal. Spader can play all the levels. He's a guy to break the Avengers into pieces. Bwah ha ha ha. Now, this is great for moviegoers, but terrible for Who Would Win hosts who wanted more content than this out of their fun fact. Anyways, that is Ultron. That was some good laughter at the end of that. That was well read. Uh, that was a direct quote. I, you know, I don't assume levels. That's fair. I always have a hard time reading laughter as it's written, but I think you did great with that, Ray. All right. Now, here are the details for Brainiac. Created by writer Otto Binder and artist Al Placino, the villainous Brainiac made his first appearance in Action Comics number 242 in July of 1958. Brainiac is typically depicted as an extraterrestrial android or cyborg and one of Superman's most intelligent and formidable foes. Over the years, he has undergone various revisions, but his core characteristics as a hyper-intelligent villain seeking knowledge and power have remained consistent. In his initial story arc, Brainiac was introduced as a green-skinned humanoid alien who shrank cities and stored them in bottles with the aim of using them to restore his home planet of Kolu. One of these cities was Kandor, the capital of Krypton, making Brainiac's actions deeply personal for Superman. Subsequent storylines have expanded on this, incorporating elements like Brainiac's 12-level intellect, his creation of advanced technology, and his quest for universal knowledge at any cost. Regardless of the interpretation, Brainiac remains a cornerstone character in the DC Universe, representing the dangers of unbridled intellect and the ethical dilemmas that come with the pursuit of knowledge and artificial intelligence. And here's an interesting fact about Brainiac. Did you know that Brainiac created a new type of tonight that forced Superman to wear hats? It's true. Superman's aesthetic is one of the most important elements of the character. The red cape, the blue suit, the S symbol are all essential to the Superman image. However, in a crazy old Superman story from what I think is the 1950s, Brainiac forced Superman to change his costume. Brainiac attempted to combine red and green kryptonite to make something new and defeat Superman, but doing so just made Superman grow a third eye on the lower part of the back of his head, forcing the Man of Steel to wear hats in order to cover it up. And I think the real big shocker here is that Superman felt ashamed of his third eye on the back of the head, something that I think looked really, really cool. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Brian, do you have any questions before we get started? Yeah, my first question is, what color does red and green make? What kind of kryptonite is that? It's like a reddish-green kryptonite. Okay, all right. Well, they only had so many limited color palettes that they could it's use It's the 50s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the 50s. Gosh, I got to tell you, it's a very specific. There's a wealth of history with both of these characters. We know them from their modern uh, their modern times, of course, but also, once again, just proving that comic books uh, are so, so great at being able to predict things in the future. Like, like most great science fiction, you take a current social structure and you put it into the fantastical world so we can talk about it honestly, like the X-Men with whether queer identities or uh, racism, or you take something that uh, from far off uh, in the future guessing, and then you put it in current times to sort of discuss the ethical issues of it. The idea that 
Ultron and Brainiac are these AI forward characters and they, they came about in the 50s and 60s. Oh boy, feels like we should have learned our lesson before now in 2023. <laughs> I'm very I'm very excited about the arguments for both characters moving forward. Yeah, well, Ultron wants to destroy humanity and Brainiac just wants to put us in bottles and cage us and take our info and keep us as pets. He's a not really. She's just shipping a bottle guy. I can respect that. Yeah, that's fair, right? That's fair. I mean, it is what it is. All right, Ray. This is the third battle in Showdown September. Let's get this party started. Hit us with your point number one. When I win all five episodes of Showdown September in the year 2023, I think it's only best to celebrate with a tattoo that says you're better than James. My point number one is the physicals because ultimately this is a battle that comes down to physicality, isn't it? And we have Ultron and Ultron is adamantium everything. This is a guy who, by the time we get to the point that we're going to be talking about him, every single version of Ultron is going to be fully made of complete adamantium, which means that there's not really a whole heck of a lot that Brainiac's going to be able to do physically to hurt somebody who's made of adamantium. We've well, Look at Wolverine. All he has is the adamantium skeleton. Nobody can get rid of him. It's just like that. So here we go. Uh, physically, Ultron overpowers the best version of Iron Man. The best Iron Man suit that's ever existed. Ultron wrecks him. Wrecks him completely, right? Vision, uh, Ultron has evolved to the point where Vision, our favorite, right? We love Vision. Phases in and out of characters like Martian Manhunter, that kind of a deal. Well, Vision couldn't even phase inside of him at this point. In fact, Vision made this move and Ultron just hurt him. It hurt Vision to try to change his density to go inside of Ultron, and he couldn't get in there. That's rough. That means physically, this guy is is formidable. He's a palace. He cannot be gotten into in any possible way. This is a guy in Ultron who is so fast that he fought a guy named Quicksilver. We all know Quicksilver. He's the very, very fast mutant. He's not as fast as the Flash, except in that one crossover where the Flash came to the Marvel Universe and couldn't access the Speed Force. Then Quicksilver was faster. Point being, Ultron matched Quicksilver's speed in speed and combat. He was able to punch him repeatedly. Why? Because he has Quicksilver level speed. Now, this is a guy in Ultron who one, one character of himself can defend against multiple Avengers at the same time and then sit back and laugh at how embarrassing the attack was. He's providing commentary about how pitiful his enemies are. He's basically me on this show. This is a guy who just through normal attacks damaged the armor of Black Panther. Black Panther's armor takes all that energy, sucks it in, and then blasts it back out again. Uh, except when Ultron attacks him, at which point the armor gets shredded and damaged because he's this powerful. You might think to yourself, let's do an EMP attack against the robot adversary. Well, EMP attacks only slow him down a little bit. They kind of make him stutter a little bit, and then he's right back on track again because he makes the systems work very, very quickly. In fact, he once made his own EMP attack that was strong enough to take out all of North America's electronics. That's a powerful EMP. Don't let North Korea get that one. Now, my point I'm trying to make here is that this is a guy who fought a character named Sentry. We've had Sentry on the show. This is a god-tier Adam Warlock earth-destroying, universe-destroying level character. He caught a punch from Sentry, and it was fine. He punched Sentry back, 
and he drew blood from the living god Sentry. If you could punch Sentry and get the red Vitae coming out of him, you're going to be able to mess up Brainiac with anything that you do. In fact, he tanked multiple shots from Sentry and was fine afterwards. And then in his counterattack, not only drew blood, he sent Sentry flying away from himself. Nobody does that, but Ultron did. And I mentioned Adam Warlock a moment ago. Of course, he's also fought Adam Warlock. He traded punches with him back and forth like it was the end of, of Macho Man Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan and nobody can quite get over except Ultron was Hulk Hogan and he delivered the three punches in a row and the big boot and the leg drop and he defeated Adam Warlock in that battle. Adam Warlock, the messiah of the Marvel Universe. Last thing I'll mention, he can also teleport. On top of everything else, he can teleport wherever the heck he wants to. He can punch the gods of the Marvel Universe, and he's invulnerable, basically, with his adamantium. What chance does Brainiac have in this battle? The answer, none. And you can go to 10 and start over again on that, and that's my point number one. Go to 10 and start Okay, that's a cool expression. I've never heard that expression before. All right, let me yeah, push back on a couple of things. That's because you're basic, James. Sure, we'll go with that. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit of pushback on the physicals. Yeah, he's got the adamantium body, but that adamantium body is like a shell, right? And he's got internal circuitry, other moving parts inside in his what we call insidey place is a true medical term. And that stuff has been affected quite a few times and is absolutely vulnerable to attack, not taking anything away from his adamantium shell. That's really powerful. Inside, not the same thing, uh, quite vulnerable. On top of that, saying that Vision, or sorry, that Ultron can take care of any type of Iron Man's most powerful armor not quite true you know iron man has the Godbuster armor and another more powerful form which is model prime that's his most advanced armor uses magic as well and you know ultron has a problem with magic never mind the fact that iron man's armor's also got some more advanced things of our forms that ultron just cannot deal with that's a fact also ultron can teleport yeah he can teleport himself that's cool but that's actually kind of a small limitation and i'll talk about that in a second now let me get to my point number one i'm also going to talk about the basic physical abilities my point number one for Brainiac. Look, when we think of Brainiac, we typically go to his technology and his intellect, right? That's what he's known for. But he's so much more than that. On top of everything, this is really cool. Brainiac is an insane physical powerhouse. In fact, he's one of the most powerful physical beings in the DC universe. Check this out. First of all, he's got superhuman speed. He's incredibly fast. He's been shown to be able to dodge attacks from Superman and other speedsters. One time Superman was throwing super fast punches and Brainiac just caught the punch and just held Superman there. That doubles as a strength feat and also as a speed feat, which is really cool. Of course, he's got that superhuman intelligence. Uh, let's just say he's undisputed in DC Comics and blows Ultron's level of intelligence and processing power away. We'll get more to that later. Later, He's got the power of these energy blasts, and they're so strong that they can destroy planets. In one really cool panel, he took out both Superman and Shazam with one small, short, little blast. Took out both of those characters. Superman-level characters really crazy. On top of that, Brainiac can fly. He can also fly at super speed and he can fly at uh, light speed in space. That's crazy. He's got the power of size alteration. He can alter his size at will. He can trick himself down to microscopic size or even uh, smaller to a super small quantum dimension size accessing super small dimensions kind of similar thing that the atom does. And he can also grow to the size, you know, the size of a planet. This is insane what he can do. He's got, of course, technological mastery, creating control, advanced machines and devices. He can hack into anything. Again, more on this later. I want to talk just more about his physicals. In terms of superhuman strength, He's strong enough to destroy planets. He's actually got wins over Superman and Supergirl at the same time where he physically overpowers 
overpowered both of them in a fight. That is crazy. He's got this superhuman durability. Look, is it adamantium? No, but man, he can tank attacks from entire teams of Superman-level beings and be completely undamaged. He easily tanks planets exploding and, actual, and his actual physical body are fine, uh, both inside and out are actually insanely durable. That's very different than Ultron. If you can take shots from Superman, you're going to do great. If you can take crazy, powerful shots on the inside of your body as well as out and you're fine, that's really durable. He's got the superhuman speed. I already talked about that. He's fast enough to catch punches by Superman. He can move super fast. He's great at dodging shots from some speedsters. That's something he can do. He's got the power of regeneration. This is awesome. He can absolutely instantly heal or really repair himself from damage with little issue. He's been shown to be able to restore himself to his original state from only a single bit of code or like a line of code. How that works, I don't know, but he can do it. He can shape shift and reconfigure his body in any way he wants. He's got super strong tendrils that can come out of his body, wrap themselves in the snare of Superman to the point where Superman is helpless. If you're wondering why I'm using Superman as a benchmark, because that's the starting benchmark for Brainiac, and then he just scales up from there. Look, whether it's access to new technology, hacking into systems, or just to be able to fight better, his body can instantly and completely rearrange itself to to whatever he needs to actually get the job done. But let's talk about Brainiac's force fields and his shields. This is something his character has been known for for decades from the beginning. So he can create these powerful force fields that protect himself from all types of attacks or, you know, from anything. Superman can punch him, plans exploding, magical attacks, wipe out a universe. His his force field can actually take on reality warping. That's how powerful it is. But he can also encase and ensnare all types of cities, which he did with uh, Kandor. He can put a, a force field around a planet. He's even been able to take a force field in his more powerful forms and put it in around an entire reality. How that works, again, I have no clue. He was introduced to the DC Universe, remember, as that evil mind kind of, you know, techno techno villain that put Kandor into that kind of force field bottle city of, and then shrunk it, all that kind of good stuff. Well, now he can do that with planets and realities. This is and timelines too. On top of all that, this force field can be used. It can absorb energy from both technology and organic beings. It can absorb even magical energy and shut it down. And the force fields control any type of energy within it. Look, in one example, Brainiac traps Superman and Metropolis in a shield and shut off Superman's ability to absorb sunlight, completely took away his powers. He stopped the Flash's ability to tap into the speed force dimension, took away his super speed. He stopped all the robotic and cybernetic parts of Cyborg's body from working. And he uses advanced tech from Apocalypse, Darkseid's planet. And Brainiac's like, got it. That's not working anymore. This is someone who's on a much higher tier than Ultron. And I haven't even gotten to the good part yet. That's my point number one. You know, one thing I want to talk about here is uh, you mentioned a a win over Superman with uh, Brainiac. Now, Brainiac is a Superman villain. And wouldn't you know it, the reason why he does so well against Superman, it's pretty simple because he harnesses the power of kryptonite kryptonite he shot superman with kryptonite beams and that's how he defeated him surprise he had lots of prior knowledge and time to prepare in order to win any fight he's ever had against superman otherwise he would get routed you know what kryptonite's not gonna work against ultron hundreds and hundreds of ultrons and his clones coming at you at the same time and james i know you love the most recent version of characters in your in using your own words you think that the most recent iterations are the only ones worth talking about, right? You said it so many times before. Well, in a 2020 Lobo comic, Lobo actually squared off against Brainiac. And wouldn't you know it, he was able to kidnap Brainiac, bring him back to his chamber, and then put him in the outfit of his fourth grade teacher, Miss Trib. 
and then laugh at him and make fun of him and say, you're as scary as my fourth grade teacher. This is the Mrs. Finkelbaum example that James Gabsey would often use. The point I'm trying to make is in recent iterations, Brainiac is a total joke beaten by just about everybody. And unfortunately, Ultron, as he goes on, gets better. Every single version Interesting. Interesting. Don't worry. I'll refute all those points. But all right. No, you won't. Let's get to what Brian James O'Connell has to say. Brian, you've heard you've heard a point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Oh, boy. I knew this was going to be difficult coming in. And both of you are very, very uh, well thought out and well elocuted arguments have made it real difficult. I have a, a somewhat of a confession to make it is I, I usually do not care for overpowered, superpowered characters like this because it does write you into a bit of a corner narratively. But the thing that does sort of bring me back here is that I was thinking about that idea of like, okay. So now if uh, if Brainiac can grow to the size of a planet, you know, we're talking a, a Galacticus, you know, a, 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 a Unicron sort of level event. And I thought to myself, ooh, can Ultron, can, can he punch him, right? You know, can he punch him? And then you talk about Brainiac having those healing powers and all that. And I won't get into the sense of like, you know, uh, force fields and all that kind of stuff. But there's a large concept for me where I'm thinking of like, all right. If Brainiac can go to the size of the planet, and if Ultron can clone himself an infinite amount of times, which I believe he can, well, then you're talking about, does the Earth survive the human race, or do we burn it out? You know, there's an argument that the Earth will, you know, save the Earth. The Earth will be fine. It's the human race of it. But if the human race is a bunch of Ultron clones, and they don't need that thing, I'm like, well, yeah, how fast can they, uh, you know, 9 billion, 10 billion, 100 billion clones of Ultron all sharing the same brain, constantly fighting a planet-sized Brainiac, can he heal fast enough for that? It's a very interesting question. Now, one question I would ask for you guys before we move on to the next level, and I want I want both of your honest answer before, and I won't say what my answer is, but it'll be important for later on. Uh, we'll start with We'll start with Ray first, if we may, and then to you, James, of course. Ray, yes or no? Do you believe that Brainiac is smarter than Jeff Goldblum? Boy, that's tough. No, I, it is. The thing is. is, what we've learned about iterative AI in the modern day is that when it gets to a certain level, it lies and it makes things up. Jeff Goldblum would never make things up. He's <laughs> just always right. So I think that initially the AI of Brainiac might seem like it's smarter than Goldblum, but given enough time, Goldblum clearly is the smarter one as Brainiac is reveling in its own lies. Intriguing, intriguing. James, d yes or no, is, is Brainiac smarter than Jeff Goldblum? See, that's a great question. You know, really good AI is based off uh, what's called LLM, large language models. Yeah. And when you get down to it, as powerful and as, as, as intelligent as Brainiac is, there's just no one who can use language. Never mind large language, like Jeff Goldblum. Okay, fair, fair. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I mean, this clarifies nothing. But still, excellent yes. questions. I love having Brian James O'Connell on the show just for this analysis. It's brilliant. All right, Ray. Seems like we're kind of at a fun spot, but let's keep going. Hit us with your point number two. Point yes. number two. Now, I would love it if uh, Brainiac grew to the size of a planet. That'd be the best thing that could happen to Ultron because he'd be super easy to hit. He'd be super easy to hit, much less hit with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of drones. Let's remember Ultron in, in, in I know it's a different version, but the lesser movie version, 
was ready to exterminate all life on the planet by just raising an island and dropping it, right? That's all he was going to do. Raise a chunk of land and then drop it and then big, uh, you know, what do they call it? Comet event and we're all done here, right? <laughs> that's a whole thing and that's a lesser version of Ultron. Real Ultron, the one I'm talking about, would do it so much faster so please james planet-sized brainiac versus my army of ultron let's get this undefeated showdown september over with right anyway what i'm here to talk about is ultron's extra powers if he was just confined to robotic stuff and physical stuff he would be hard enough to deal with but did you know as i mentioned in the intro he has powers of hypnosis as well this is a guy who can brainwash people to doing whatever he wants, and that includes great minds like Hank Pym. What stops Ultron from finding literally anybody else with any of his drones, any local heroes, anybody, and hypnotizing them to join his side? Outside interference isn't allowed, but use of powers is. And we have to assume that these are not the only two characters of ability on this planet. Brainiac would not think to harvest the local talent, but Ultron absolutely would. He's also created force fields of his own. I know you're bragging about Brainiac's force fields. Of course, Ultron can create his own. Iron Man, despite trying and, and with a, uh, opportunity and time to prepare for it, could not penetrate the Ultron force fields. And he's, of course, one of the greatest brains in human history. Uh, uh, he's been attacked with heat vision. I wonder if Brainiac ever has, having fought Superman. Well, he reflects heat vision back into its creator. Don't worry about that. He also uses highest level mind powers. You tried to even pretend that Ultron, uh, it would be hard, magic would work against him. I guess, I don't think so though, because he has highest level mind powers at his ability, such that he beat the entire Fantastic Four just using his brain. He didn't have to lift a finger, but just using his mind powers, he was able to defeat uh, the Invisible Woman, start and end here, the most powerful member of the Fantastic Four, crushed her, Reed Richards, who we all know would beat Plastic Man, crushed him. The Thing and Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, all defeated, and Ultron didn't have to move to do it. That's the level of power we're talking about. This is a guy who can create explosions inside the armor of his enemies. You know what's really good at taking out planet-sized characters? Lots of internal explosions. That's how you're going to do it. It's how the Guardians of the Galaxy did it in their movie. Not that that's the same thing, but it's a great example. This is a guy who's totally defeated an entire Avenger squad by himself without even using clones to do it. He was able to turn and control Iron Man armor, and this is advanced Iron Man armor. He's a major hacker. He can turn all AI into his favor. And knowing that, what stops him from brainworming Brainiac and just making him do whatever the heck he wants, and Brainiac becomes his pawn. He's just another uh, computer program, and Ultron is a master at hacking into and taking over nearby systems. He once took control of 1,500 Kree sentries. 
1,500 Kree sentries simultaneously. What would you do if you had that power? Of course, you would turn them into a Voltron, which is what he did. He turned them into a giant Voltron character and whooped people with it. He can control nearby technology, of course, warships, uh, battleships, spaceships in his orbit. He just takes control of and attacks with. You have to assume there's going to be satellites. There's going to be weapons. There's going to be spaceships around. He's going to take them over and attack Brainiac with them. He took Iron Legion drones and, and, and basically made them his own. He took a whole fleet of them and just said, now you're on my side, let's attack. So if he doesn't take over Brainiac with AI and all that by himself, he's going to take over enough systems to create an entire army on his side. And what does Brainiac have? I don't know. A, a brain. He's done. And that's my point number two. All right. I, I, I kind of like how you're trying to stay within character, which is cool. I'm waiting to call you out on this, but not yet. But I like how you're also exaggerating stuff. So let me push back on the exaggerations. First of all, I like how Ultron can brainwash individuals. Brainwa Brainiac can do the same thing just on a much bigger scale. I'll get into that in my point number two. Brainiac has absolutely taken over people's minds before with what he can do. I mean, he did it with Luthor. He did it with other, I think he did it with Superman at one point. He did it with a many, you know, literally millions of people, actually more. And again, point number two, I'll, I'll kind of demonstrate that Ultron's force fields are nothing compared to Brainiac's because the force fields are smaller. He's not in staring a planet. He's not making sure Superman can get trapped by it and is now completely ensnared by it. Never mind a hundred thousand Kryptonians. This is not the same thing. It's not defeating magic. It's not absorbing it. the shields. They're not bad, but they're definitely not the galaxy busting kind of like uh, realm capturing force fields that Brainiac can create. Uh, and finally, you talked about magic. Uh, here's the deal. Scarlet Witch has a win over Ultron. Nothing to be ashamed of, by the way. She used her magic to scramble the internal circuits of Ultron, and that completely deactivated him immediately. So again, you know, attacking his body, probably not a good idea, like trying to batter his body into submission. The Hulk did it once, but that was a very angry Hulk in Secret Wars back in the 80s. If you want to take on Ultron now in his true form with his adamantium and everybody else, everything else you can do, that's one thing, but you got to attack him internally or at least be able to capture him and ensnare him. That's the whole thing. Now, with that being said, let me get to my point number two. And let's just focus for Brainiac on his brain power and intelligence. Uh, before we get to that, to answer Ray's stuff too, you know, Lobo captured in that really cool storyline an avatar or a copy of Brainiac. See, Brainiac also has an army of duplicates, and he can turn anything into a duplicate or an avatar of himself. There are millions across the galaxies or the universe of DC Comics, and Lobo clearly established in that one that he was tacking an avatar of Brainiac. Ray, I think he also said that. And on top of that, Brainiac rarely uses kryptonite. Fun fact, there's not a lot of kryptonite in in the DC universe. It got dispersed. It's hard to find. And Brainiac doesn't need it because he physically can overpower Superman in a whole bunch of different ways. Now, back to the whole brain power and intelligence. Brainiac is the undisputed, most intelligent being in the DC universe by far. He's considered to be what's called a 12th level intellect. I love this about Brainiac when I first read about him. No, put this in perspective. Lex Luthor and Batman are each considered to be a 6th level intellect. Now, each level up is exponentially higher than the previous one. The entire population of 31st century Earth 
Earth from the Legion of Superheroes, 31st century with their advanced tech, combined is a ninth level intellect. Crazy, right? So this kind of puts it in perspective of Brainiac's 12 level intellect. And it's not just, just raw intelligence and data storage. This is also intellect because he's a master tactician. His strategies are crazy. This is someone who can fool Batman and Lex Luthor when they're working together. It takes them forever to try to figure out what Brainiac is up to. He's already way ahead in his plan. This is someone who applies this raw 12 level in intellect and intelligence to every aspect of what he's doing. Data collection, uh, ensnaring a planet, figuring out strategies to defeat the entire DC multiverse, which he did. More on that later. Now, uh, on top of that, what's really cool about Brainiac, he's a master at using someone's emotions against them. He knows how to push the buttons of Batman, Lex Luthor, and Superman to get them really heated and make mistakes emotionally. By the way, that's something that Ultron suffers from because he still has a piece of Hank Pym's personality within him that makes him very emotional and prone to a lot of errors and prone, you know, falling into traps. Now, in terms of pure processing power, fun, fun fact. Ultron's processing power and memory top out at 3.2 terabytes. That is an absolute fact from Marvel itself, which really sounds like a lot until you realize you get a 10 terabyte hard drive on Amazon for about $235. That's all I'm saying. Now, compare that to Brainiac's memory and processing power and his capacity. It's listed as unlimited. That is really cool. Look, in one comic book storyline, Brainiac's able to instantly download and process the entire contents of the Fortress of Solitude's like data storage. Behind the scenes, that is something that's crazy. It's got the most, one of the most intense and you know largest data libraries in the DC universe. It's a it used Kryptonian technology from that's a thousand years more advanced than Earth technology. And Brainiac not only hacked it instantly, but absorbed all of that right away. That's crazy. He's done the same thing to planets that are completely used for data storage. He just goes in, hacks it, and absorbs all of that planet's data absolutely right away. He's great at all that kind of stuff. Now, on top of that, in terms of hacking, Brainiac's able to take control of a lot of stuff. He took control of the entire planet Earth very, very quickly, just hacked into it and took control over everything and held planet Earth until it was freed by the combined might of all the many heroes on the planet itself. Now, let's keep getting better. He's got the power of, tele power of telekinesis. That one is so powerful. He can actually immobilize Superman in midair. Doesn't have to touch him, just immobilize him. That's all, Those aren't his shields, just his power of his telekinesis. It's so strong that he can actually move a planet with that power of telekinesis. As strong as Ultron is, he's not moving planets in terms of being that strong. Of course, he's a master of technology. He can do anything, hacking, everything that Ray just mentioned about Ultron, take that to the way next level exponentially, and Brainiac can do that. Now, the really cool part, too, is Brainiac can travel through time. And why this is important is because he has a reason to go through time. He'll actually visit future versions of himself, take the technology that he created in the future, and then bring it back and incorporate it into his own technology that's already super advanced right now. Look, all I'm saying is Ultron's really powerful, but again, Brainiac is just on a way different level. There's a whole lot to cover, and that's my point number two. So here's the deal. You gotta give us examples, James. It's one thing for me to come out and say, here's five different ways that Ultron has taken over the stuff around him, you know, uh, robotic systems, and then you just come out and say, Brainiac does that too. No citation needed. No, a real judge is going to need you to actually make that point. You can't just say he does it too. And a smart person will reject you because any claim made without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. And you provided none. That's the James Gavsey special. He likes to complain about it later, but he likes to say a whole bunch of words with no backup and then wonder why he keeps losing. Now, time travel, you brought it up. 
It sounds like this is just planning. He goes to the future, gets a weapon, and brings it back to fight somebody that he already knows he's fighting in a future battle. Yeah, that's just that's just prior knowledge, and you're not going to be able to take advantage of that here because he'll be defeated and destroyed at the end of this battle. And no, of course, he cannot just overpower Superman. You are, of course, exaggerating that. Nobody actually thinks, looking at the internet, looking at any single one of the sites that talk about this stuff, not a single person says he can overpower Superman. Stop it with your exaggeration and your outright falsehoods. Now, the things I actually want to talk about here is ways that he's been defeated in the past, because that's important. He was easily beaten by a character named Batman, a guy who has no special powers at all. Batman just put a bunch of bombs inside him and blew him up. That's how Batman defeated him. Pretty straightforward. Did I mention that Ultron can create explosions inside of his opponents because he can? Batman beat him that way. Why not Ultron 2? And my favorite, he was overwhelmed by microscopic organisms when he was thrown into a swamp. He was thrown into a swamp and bacteria got on him and he went crazy. He went nuts and couldn't move. He was overwhelmed by the stimulation. So what stops Ultron from just sending him the internet and walking away safely for two minutes? Because if bacteria is too much for him, I'm going to tell you right now, those cat videos are going to be too much for him too. The level of nonsense being spewed by race to Canis. Back I, it up, James. All I ask is that you back it up a single time. You have no examples. You just say you're right and I'm wrong and you move on as if it's true. And that's why I have a four victory advantage over you this season because you don't back anything up and then you cry about it to the board afterwards. I'm tired of your nonsense. Back it up or shut up. Race to Canis, there's a fun... Fa I think the reason you're so brave is what we call uh, Zoom Muscle. I wonder if it'd be the same if we were in the same studio, sharing the we same We used space. to record in the same studio, I and how I come, crushed you them too. How come I had you don't a judge want to go back pull to me studio? aside and ask me, how do you ever lose to this man? And I said, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Maybe we should go back to in-studio sessions. All right, with that being said, we are now what's called the turning point, where after hearing two points from both Ray and myself... Brian tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Brian has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we have a very special patron. Their name is Moxford. Moxford, it's your time. All right, Moxford, listen, this has been a long time coming, so I'm not going to go easy on you. Let's have Moxford go up against Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Now, here's the thing. Captain Planet did, in fact, appear on this show a couple few seasons ago, and Captain Planet lost to Swamp Thing. Spoiler alert. How? Because Swamp Thing can uh, sense and emote the people around him, and he discovered the five kids with the rings and put them in peril, and thus Captain Planet was in trouble. The thing you have to understand about Moxford is that Lord Moxford has ultimate empathy. Moxford can actually sense the emotions of the entire room around him. And much like Swamp Thing was able to see that the five children with the rings were just standing in a nearby field and caused them havoc, caused them trouble, and Captain Planet was not quick enough to answer, Lord Moxford sees the five kids over there. Lord Moxford says, excuse me, Captain Planet, hold on for a second. I just dropped a Coke can outside the recyclable container. And he's going to walk over and he's going to backhand and slap all five of the children. 
and Captain Planet is going to freak out and disappear because the rings will have been taken by Moxford because on top of everything else, he's a bully as well. Congratulations, Moxford. You didn't just beat Captain Planet. You took him for yourself. You know, we, we usually should not reward a bully. But, I mean, this is just a true story ready to happen that we need to see in live action once the strike is over. All right, congratulations, Moxford. Uh, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now back to the turning point. Brian, you've had a moment to ponder two points for both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Again, uh, I hate to be a, a, a broken uh, record here, but the issue, again, is with these massively overpowered characters. It really is a razor-thin, finite... You're really looking for minuscule and microscopic edges both ways. You know, there's certain points we talk about. You know, I think Ray may have done himself a disservice for a moment, saying maybe he's uh, Ultron is can be beaten by magic. I don't know. I don't think that's true. Which, again, every accusation is just a confession. We're to say later on that James is making up all this stuff and is defending it, where I feel like it's very clear that chapter and verses and, and specific examples are being made of era and cart, you know, and comic book and remember. And so that when maybe for the sake of time, which although, yes, that was almost going to two times speed of your own self to get it, but I would, I presume no malice. And I assume that whenever there was something that was mentioned, uh, but wasn't mentioned with a specific edit, that there was canon behind it, right? Uh, again, like a similar question I asked from before, because we talk about putting bombs inside of people and people being telepathic and telekinesis and all that, and hypnotism. Now, I believe that hypnotism, since it is capable of being done by human beings, that is in fact not a superpower. It is done by uh, people all the time. You have your cults, but I will have a, 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 a similar question, if I may, if as I uh, do my best Gold, Jeff Goldblum impression there uh, uh, unintentionally. In this universe, is magic real? Yes or no, James first? Yes. Okay. In this, in this shared universe and the universe of this conversation and of this battle, we're saying that magic is real. Ray, is magic real? This is a hybrid of the DC and Marvel universes and such. I would have to say magic is real, but I also <laughs> believe that magic is not a factor in this battle, quite honestly, because neither character uses a particular amount of magic. Not my question. My question was, is magic real? Because you, you mentioned things, you know, both of you have mentioned the ideas of magic and what it, it is, is a technology uh, sub susceptible or not to that. It's tough. I would say it's very, very hard to say who's in the lead right now. And that's only because I don't have a microscopic eye to look all the way down to the very, very thin lines, razor thin lines of what's lines of code. If I so may uh, be so bold of who may be in the lead. It's, I think it's a, I think it's a statistical dead heat down to, I don't know, 3.14 and then just keep on counting and until you run out of breath. Uh, if anything, I feel like I'm going to have to be like Mr. Beast over here and have to count to 10,000 by myself as you guys make these third and final points for me to be able to judge this accurately and fairly and fairly. I mean, if you do that, you'll make millions just like Mr. Beast did Mi more millions, if you will. Yeah, so I'll, I think, but I'll keep my soul. So there's a difference. I'm, there's uh, a difference. I'm, the, I'm the good one from North Carolina. <laughs> Well said. All right. Okay. It all comes down to this. As always, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number three. See, James made a crucial mistake in this battle, and he made it personal. 
And so here we go. You can't get me emotionally invested and think that I have any chance to lose whatsoever. So point number three, I just wrote Skynet stuff because this guy, Ultron, is Skynet. He's not just the Terminators. He's all of Skynet combined. And that's the entire point. Ronan the Accuser and the Super Scroll, two ridiculously powered characters in the Marvel Universe. They showed up to a fight. They saw that Ultron was involved, and what did they do? They chose to leave. They chose to just leave the battle and run away rather than deal with Ultron because these two unbelievably powerful characters knew they stood no chance. Now, the thing about Ultron, he can't actually be defeated. He can't actually be destroyed. If you somehow in a miracle, destroy his one body, he can upload in a fraction of a second with a thought to another drone, and there are hundreds, there are thousands of drones, and he can keep just making more of them, and he can just keep coming back. At this point in Ultron's life is, I don't even know how many he's had in the comic books up to this point, 20, 22, it doesn't matter. Every single one of these is an upgrade. Unlike Brainiac, who apparently sends his drones out, which are copy of a copy of a copy, that get turned into the fourth grade teacher of Lobo for a laugh. Brainiac has become a comical character in DC Comics. That has never, ever been the case in Marvel Comics. Now, he can use every camera on the planet as his personal surveillance. So there's nowhere Brainiac can go. There's nowhere Brainiac can hide because every iPhone is another eye that Ultron is using to look at him. So he's going to land every single hit because he knows every single angle. Don't worry about that. His drones themselves, not even Ultron himself, but his drones, which are still vastly powerful. The drones took out a combo platter of Scarlet Witch, mentioned before, Wasp, Vision, and Wonder Man, a very strong character. Drones took out those characters. That's not even main Ultron himself. That's just his henchmen. If your henchmen, clones of yourself, can take out the Scarlet Witch, magic's not going to hurt you. In fact, Scarlet Witch would probably get turned into an ally in this battle and dominate Brainiac for Ultron's side. He can create a new body for himself in moments if his own body is destroyed. So not only does he have thousands and thousands of drones fighting in this battle, he's making more as the battle is going on. No chance at all. And it's useful. The only times that he's really been beaten in the comics is by using a backdoor protocol that Hank Pym put in there and then forgot that he put in there. This requires a level of prior knowledge that Brainiac just frankly doesn't have. He doesn't know the nuances. He wasn't there at his creation. He has no chance to get this win. And Ultron, unlike Brainiac, can also use time travel, but can do so in the moment with great effort on his part. What is great effort to Ultron? I don't know. But it sounds like Brainiac only uses his time travel to go to the future to get a gun. But Ultron goes back in time to make changes to make this battle a little bit easier for himself. And you mentioned Scarlet Witch, James. You mentioned her a lot. Great. This is a guy in Ultron who once killed the Scarlet Witch in storylines. How? By shooting her. He just shot her and she died. So what are we even talking about? Your greatest attack against me was taken down with a bullet. He may as well be Thomas and Martha Wayne. And that's my point number three. 
Okay, all good stuff. You know, here's the thing. I actually, on a, on a side note, I've often wondered, like, you know, these powerful beings that can use magic or, you know, energy, whatever. But, you know, someone with, like, you know, a, a handgun could technically take them out. So I'm, I'm just not arguing that point. I'm just amazed it doesn't happen a lot more. Look, let me push back on a few things. You mentioned Skynet. That's cool. Those are Earth terms. Brainiac's taken over entire planets, systems, the whole thing. He's Skynet on steroids. If the steroids were on steroids, I knew a guy like that. It's not pretty. On top of that, you're talking about if all of a sudden... Ultron, you know, his body is damaged or he's destroyed. He can put his consciousness, what have you, transfer the programming to another drone. That's cool. What doesn't happen is that the adamantium doesn't come along for the ride, right? If his body is somehow destroyed or something has to be transferred out of that adamantium body, there's not a whole lot of adamantium and it's super hard to mold adamantium into a body. In fact, one of the few things that can be done, do, used to do that is what's called a molecular rearranger or something. That's actually, you know, one of the only things that can mold adamantium, not something that's going to be easily done for uh, uh, Ultron. I really love Ultron as a character, but again, Brainiac just operates on a different level. So for my point number three, let's just kind of bring this home and let's talk about some accomplishments for Brainiac and some of the ways Ultron's been beaten, how this fight's going to go. Look, in terms of accomplishments, it's clear. Brainiac is kind of unmatched. I can list who he's beaten such as Superman, and yeah, he has actually manhandled and beaten Superman physically. These are all real real things. Uh, he beat the entire Justice League. He beat Darkseid. He beat Dr. Fate, the most powerful magic user in the DC Universe. So many others, but these feats really pale in comparison with what he actually did. In one instance, he took Parallax, who was Hal Jordan gone evil, powered by every Green Lantern ring in existence, who could warp reality, and just decided to hold him in place, shut him down completely, and said, you know your ability to warp reality? Yeah, not going to happen. Done. He somehow made someone who could warp reality not be able to warp reality. Don't know what kind of super science that is, but that's a thing. He captured every separate timeline in alternate reality and imprisoned every version of Metropolis in each reality and timeline within these super powerful, they were impenetrable force fields in the storyline called Convergence. And that's the thing that destroyed the New 52 timeline. I love that. I won't go into it. Hated the New 52. Love Brainiac for doing that. He rewrote the reality of the DC universe and combined all timelines to one. That is crazy how we did that. That's again at the end of that Convergence thing. So, you know, thank God, he just destroyed it. He's captured every being in the DC universe, both hero and villains, and held them helpless in these bottled cities. He did that. That's a fact. That's a thing. This is crazy that he could do that. He is a universal threat or multi-universal threat. He created avatars of himself who are so powerful enough. They were so powerful. These avatars defeated Superman and Supergirl at the same time. On top of that, he's literally bottled into force fields hundreds of alternate futures. As insane as that is, how do you bottle an alternate future? He decided to go one bigger and went and do the same thing with infinite futures okay see that's what people don't get brainiac isn't a planetary threat he's not a universal threat he's the threat to the multiverse to the timeline of infinite ultra i mean it's just mind-blowing to think about this now ultron's been beaten by a lot less than what brainiac has overcome so ultron you know he's had his energy ripped out of his body by a number of different people. His fantastic four did it galactus did it just with a snap of his fingers took the energy out dropped ultron like it was nothing we talked about scarlet witch doing the same thing uh he's been hacked the avengers hacked into ultron disrupt his internal circuitry running an operative. The human torch heated up the air around Ultron to Nova Flame, which somehow fried Ultron's internal circuitry and shut him off. Susan Storm defeated Ultron by trapping him in a force field, where Reed then hacked into Ultron and shut him down. And finally, the Avengers trapped him in a force field, and Thor siphoned off his power and then sent him hurling harmlessly into space in this force field, something Brainiac could also easily do. This is crazy. And that's on top of the fact that Ultron suffers from an overinflated ego. He's also really unstable, mo unstable emotionally. Uh, when he was facing 
facing off against Adam Warlock. This is a recent comic book. He was actually getting the better of Adam Warlock, which is really cool. Adam Warlock calls in Galactus for help. Galactus shows up, and then Ultron says, not fair, you're cheating, and then runs away and takes off. Now, by the way, I would too if Galactus showed up, but just kind of shows his emotional instability and how he's kind of a little like easy to kind of screw around with. Now, here's how this fight's really going to go. They're going to face off. They both recognize each other as technological threats. Ultron's going to go on the offensive and blast Brainiac. Brainiac, unfazed, blasts Ultron with his own energy attack and is intrigued by the fact that the same level of attack that would hurt Superman has not damaged the outer shell of Ultron. Ultron smashes into Brainiac and starts to pummel him, only have his punches caught by the tendrils of Brainiac, who is overpowering him physically. Ultron's emotions start to come into play. He attempts to hack into Brainiac to absorb his knowledge and tech, and while the physical battle rages on, Ultron's searching through Brainiac's data. He's getting all this. He's like, oh yeah, I'm going to take this guy over, and then all of a sudden he confronts the sheer processing power and volume of Brainiac's intellect and realizes, no, Brainiac actually allows you to come in so we could backtrack and get into your systems and start to take you over. He starts to turn the tables on Ultron. Ultron's trying everything, breaks away, blasts him with the most powerful blast of energy he's ever done and realizes nothing happened because he's trapped in this energy field, this force field. As his energy is being drained away by the force field, all stuff that Brainiac has done before, all ways that Ultron's been defeated before. See, that's just one of the many ways Brainiac can win. There's a number of different ways with time travel. Put him in a different dimension. There's no way he's coming back. This is a different level of character than Ultron, which does not mean Ultron's bad. He's just not winning this look this is why ultron loses it's why brainiac wins that's my point number three i mean come on james you got to get real with some of these points i asked you to give me examples and you gave me an example you said he's defeated dr fate in a battle and near as i can tell from my counter research that only happened in the injustice storyline a separate non-canon storyline that you don't even believe is canon so i can't believe you're using it on the show today and the example that you used of Brainiac defeating the Justice League and Superman simultaneously, you left out the fact that he was using Doomsday's body to do it. He was basically inhabiting another character who would not exist for this battle. That's the thing. You give us all the trappings of information and leave out the important reasons why it's nonsense and you have to rely on me to crush you once and again and again and I know you're going to cry to the board about this too and that's fine Brainiac has been beaten by Lois Lane Brainiac was beaten by a superpowered Lois Lane he was beaten once by a gorilla he was beaten by a gorilla. Show me Ultron beaten by a gorilla. Did I also mention one time Brainiac was beaten in canon storylines by Jimmy Olsen, the photographer at the Daily Planet? Because all three of those characters have logged wins over Brainiac. So you claim Brainiac has done X, Y, and Z, Except for the fact that there were extenuating circumstances you refused to mention every single time it happened. And I've given you clean examples of Ultron defeating these characters without needing to use the body of a completely different character to do it. Quite frankly, Ultron wins this battle and using the points made in this battle, any brain can see it whether they're an AI or not. Ray, did I mention Convergence, this Convergence storyline in my point? 
Doesn't matter. It does. And that's where he defeated everybody. I think I mentioned that, and everybody includes Dr. All right. All of this is good. It is time for Steve Judge Brian to make a final decision on this battle. Look, Brian, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Ultron and Brainiac. Well, again, it's been it's been real, real close the entire time, again, because it's so so difficult. Uh, and again, Ray, I think you're being uh, unfair when it comes to James not mentioning uh, examples. He is mentioning examples. And then for, you, for you to come back and mention the example of, oh, he's using Doomsday's body. A weapon is a weapon. A tool is a tool. Whether I murder you with my bare hands or I murder you with a gun, I'm going to jail. The, the, I'm going to prison for murder. <laughs> the gun isn't, right? So you're using Doomsday's body. You're not teaming up with Doomsday. Then I could see an example. But wait, but does I'm, he have Doomsday's body here today? I think it makes a difference. Well, I'm saying if, if it's a if it's something that he's part of his abilities to take over thing. You say that you know Ultron can take over every satellite. What's the difference there, right? It's just it's just a, it's a weapon at hand that they are capable of doing. I'm allowing it to be in canon here. What I think is the real issue that you guys come to, because they are so evenly matched, and it comes back to my original questions of, like, is Brainiac smarter than Jeff Goldblum? And you say no. And then I go to my idea of, like, I agree with that. Because if you want to have a science fiction, or if you want to have some of these uh, alternate universes, or if you want to have this sort of uh, all-encompassing power to be explained, you want Jeff Goldblum explaining that, right? He's the best at it. No, but also uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, notoriously made us all believe that you could take a, you know, a Mac with Windows 95 and take down an alien culture. That was where my question was coming from. Is Brainiac, and then also, is Ultron smarter than Jeff Goldblum? And you say, no, he's not smart. They're not smarter than Jeff Goldblum. But Jeff Goldblum did use a computer. And Brainiac and Ultron are both the supercomputers. And then when I asked you if it was magic was real, and you both agree that magic in this shared universe and in the universe of Marvel and DC and the universe of this conversation, that magic is real. And that is sort of a weak spot for Ultron, admittedly, even though you were very clear to say, I don't know if that's true, and which I would also expect to be true. And so this is what I come down to, because uh, it goes all the way back to the beginning, we were talking about characters, characters being specific characters staying true to who they are in their nature and the thing that we care the most about in any storytelling is why is a character doing this and do we believe it and i think it basically comes down to the end of that the beginning of their origin and what they're all about is that ultron ultimately is about hate he hates his existence he hates becoming self-aware he hates becoming what hank pym created him and everything about is destroyed He wants to hate and kill these things, and he wants to punish. It's about revenge. Whereas someone like Brainiac, who has that sense of loss, something that Ultron can never feel. Ultron can never feel a sense of loss. Uh, Brainiac, for as despicable as all the acts that he has done, the billions and billions of lives that he has cost, it all comes back to it's trying to rebuild Kandor trying to rebuild and bring back those things, that sense of loss and evidence. And that's love. And love is magic. Well, love always trumps hate, as Radio Rahim would tell us, if I horribly mix the metaphors of uh, culture there. I believe that I do think that just slightly edged out is that if all things being equal and you have these two characters that are super overpowered and can all like, well, he does this. Well, he also does this. Well, he can do this. Well, he also does a similar event. At the end of the day, then all things being equal, 
everything note for note, punch for punch, pound for pound, then it comes down to why is the character doing this? And I just feel like that Brainiac edges out Ultron just in that little bit is because Brainiac has something to fight for. And it stays true to his character. He's been that in every iteration, and specifically in the iteration that we're using for this discussion day. So it is a by the thinnest just the nanobot of a nose, but it is Brainiac, I believe, that wins this battle. And there you have it. I got to add something to this because Brian James O'Connell, you're not just brilliant. You hit on something here. You're right. Oh. You know, Ultron with magic, it's kind of a questionable area. Whereas with Brainiac, it's legit. In the Convergence storyline, he captured all of the magic users and rendered them pretty much not useless, but like almost inert. Like he knows how to deal with magic. I'm not saying he's going to overcome all of it, but he's experienced. Yeah. He knows how to deal with it. I think you're right. It's a close battle. And in the end, I think Brainiac does win this. And there you go. Justice has been served. You kept Ray Sicanus to use the character, kept him within character. He didn't pull a Kathleen Kennedy. I am on cloud nine. Brian James O'Connell, you're a national treasure. Come back to the Who Would Win show. With that being said, Ray Sicanus is your first loss of Showdown September. It was a good battle. There's a lot of accusations going back and forth. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, how you feel. I know it's legal in California, but why do you have to do it on air? That's what I'm just wondering. Because you say, oh, magic will affect it. Ultron killed Scarlet Witch by shooting her in the head. What are we even talking about? His drones defeated her. So that is nonsense. And you say love always uh, beats hate? Yeah. Uh, in fiction, not in real life. Look at the entire history of humanity and tell me love beats hate because you're wrong. You're wrong. Hate always beats love every single day, every single year, every single millennia. Hate wins over and over and over again. And this is why I am ultimately disappointed. I asked James Gavsey to give specific examples and he just said, trust me, bro. And that seems to be good enough for our judge today. Well, that's not good enough for me. That shouldn't be good enough for our audience. Direct all of your angry responses to at James Gavsey on Twitter, but I know you cowards won't because you're just so happy that the Who Would Win show evened up for a day, even though it didn't make any sense based on the arguments provided. Brian James O'Connell, shame on you. Shame on you. I would call you a blood-sucking blank, but that has been censored in our area. So I will call you a blood-sucking boss today, and you deserve it. Brian, strong words. Do you have any response to Ray Sicanus? Uh, the only thing I would say is, again, every, uh, every accusation is a confession. You uh, mentioned multiple times that James didn't have uh, examples to back up uh, his points, but you only took issues with the examples that he didn't remunerate. All the examples he gave that had the all the all the arguments that he made that had examples behind it, you never tore any of those apart. And so, just I think it's it's more of a, a slip of a tongue of a, or for time constraints, uh, you're like, oh, he didn't give a specific uh, issue uh, in this blank of blank issue number blank, uh, and and you you where you could directly refute him. I, I think you may have been trying to pull a fast one on the old judge here to say, like, he didn't give any examples. And here's the one that where he just sped through and didn't give specific examples. I'm going to take issue with. Uh, I, I can do that for, for much of things. Also, I'd say if hate beat love, uh, the human race would have destroyed itself uh, 10,000 times before we got Thank you very to much. recording this very silly, very fun podcast, if that was true. 
Well said, Brian, as always. Look, again, please come back on the show. You, you did a great justice today. And you know what? Ray, you did a great job. And for the Legion of Audience, the one thing that all and each and every one of you understand is I do my research. These are actual facts. All right, Brian, until the next time, please tell everyone where they can find you online. Thank you so much. Again, I, I feel so honored to bring back uh, this multiple times as a judge. I know that is a rare, rare treat. You can find me pretty much anywhere online at B3OC. Honestly, you can just type Brian James O'Connell into Google and pack a lunch because that's one of the reasons why I have to go by the whole name is because it makes it very easy for SEO purposes to people to find me. Uh, right before we came in and recorded this, I was trying to find something else that I had uh, lost in my personal stuff so i had googled it hoping i could find it and i found i found a reddit thread that was just a discussion of something i had said on another podcast and i was like oh that's delightful i guess i've made it in some weird way no i did not respond because oh boy uh nothing worse than responding to a reddit thread about yourself <laughs> so i'll just let you i'll let you all find that on your own <laughs> All right, Ray Sicanis, it was close, but you got a loss today. Uh, you're not going to get that perfect record for Showdown September, but you got two wins so far. That's something. Uh, tell our listeners where they can find you. What truly disappoints me about the decision of one Brian James O'Connell is the fact that specific examples were called for. And I happen to mention the fact that, you know, every single time James says, oh, Brainiac beat this great thing. Well, he also used all this extracurricular stuff he won't have access to here over and over and over again. Only in a Brian tell me you didn't do that. Great. Fantastic. And then I mentioned the fact that Brainiac lost to Jimmy Olsen the kid photographer, and a gorilla. And apparently nobody cares about that. Apparently, according to Judge Brian James O'Connell, a gorilla would also defeat Ultron. No, you're just wrong about this. Who would win show at gmail.com to lodge your formal complaints? I want good judging on this show. And they can find you where? Almighty Ray 316 on threads because Twitter doesn't exist anymore. Y'all can have it. It's gone. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.